Is your marketing messaging screaming me, me, me instead of focusing on the customer? Well, there's a better way. Customer centric marketing. Let's talk about all things customer centric marketing today, where we'll discuss what this approach looks like, and how you can use it to maximum effect in your business. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I am your host today, Chris Dubois, CEO at Lean Labs. And today I'm joined by Matt Kennard, Senior Growth Marketer here at Lean Labs. Matt, welcome back. Hey, good to be back. All right. You say that now. Let's talk customer-centric marketing and yeah, we'll see, see how it goes. <laughs> uh, kicking right into the questions. What does customer-centric marketing mean to you? So what does customer-centric marketing mean to me? So really, I think that it's, to me, it it, it is it covers everything from people even knowing about you and what you do all the way down to post-purchase onboarding, continuing support. Um, Cause really if you're, if you're in the game, you know, in the B2B sense, if you're in the game of, um, you know, either monthly recurring revenue or yearly recurring revenue, you have yearly contracts, people need to re up. You always need to make sure that you're doing a good job after that purchase uh, to, to continue to impress, to continue to essentially sell the next, um, sell the next, the next contract, the next payment, uh, whatever it may be. So, I want to make sure that we that when we talk about the mark customer centric marketing, we're not just thinking about getting people in the door and attracting them, but also what happens after that. Um, so, I mean, that's like you know, it can be stuff like you know on the website, and we've seen this. I think we encountered this a lot, like on the website. Making sure that your your pages, your navigate, your main navigation points use the right use the right language. I mean, we spend a lot of our time in in messaging. Um, you know, when we're doing website projects, when we're doing you know creating new pages for for clients, um, and, and trying to extract insights from our clients, from their teams, from their sales teams, uh, from anyone who's talking with uh, potential customers, current customers. Um, to just better understand what it is that they need, how they say things, how they view things, uh, in order to get the messaging, get the messaging right. Um, so it's everything from you know, from that to winning the initial the initial search, um, you know, anticipating their struggling points, knowing their struggling points, and then continue to support them with with valuable uh, with valuable content, valuable information, kind of as they uh, anytime that they interact with your with your brand. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how would you say this actually you know, differs from anything, any other forms of marketing? Um, maybe stuff you tried, just stuff you've seen. How does this differ from other forms of marketing? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've been at I've been at a company. I've worked with other clients in a past agency life where it was. Um, you know, when we're asking for some of the things that we need to know about their customers, it's not deep enough. It's just very like, hey, you don't need to worry about that. It's just the customers are there. We just need to just just talk about the product, just sell the product and going heavy on product. You know, if they, a, 
you, I think you see it in, in both B2B and B2C uh, stuff all the time where it's just like, if they just, you know, the thinking, if you look at the websites and any of the marketing, the social media posts, whatever, it's just like, look, if they just, if they just see the product, if they just, if they there's know about it and they see our product page, they're going to want to buy it. Um, that's probably like the, the most, uh, the most common um, other approach to marketing that we see. It's just like, look, we think our product is so good and it may actually be that good, um, but they just push so, they're so product focused, they forget to speak to um, what it does, what it helps the their, their target audience achieve versus just what it is. Um, right. You know, we, we see it a lot where it's like, you know, there's a time and place for talking about features um, but when you do, we always say like, Hey, we need to talk about like, not just the feature, but what is the benefit of it? What's the benefit of the benefit? Like mm-hmm. we, you know, you, you, you have to help connect the dots to how it's going to help solve some problem for them. So that's kind of like the main being too product focused, I'd say is probably the, the other approach. I mean, it works for some people. Sometimes there's just a vast enough, uh, a vast enough issue or an emergency type problem. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, uh, where it's like, Hey, this, they don't have to go too deep on this. It's just like, Hey, this is the one problem. It's pervasive along among a huge group of people. And, um, and here's the product. I mean, you can, you can even look at to, to jump on a trend or you can even look at like chat GPT. You don't even like, there was so much stuff about that, about just the product of what it, what it can do and all this stuff, uh, that they didn't really have to spend a lot of time on, marketing a problem you right. know i mean there was so much there's so much content there still is so much content uh you just go to any any social media platform about anyway. about chat gpt and all the things that can be done with it like basically they relied on the people who are going to be the users of it identifying what problems they were solving they didn't really have to do it they just said hey here's this here's this great product here's the access to it and then people started using it and showcasing it themselves so um that, that's a case where the product the product is actually so good and, and so or just so like it feels such a pervasive need that they don't need to really do a whole bunch of digging in on the on the problems and the you know everything else uh, that you kind of have to do in the b2b SaaS software um, type space yeah so let's go deeper on just figuring out the problem how, how do you determine you know what customers need or want um, I guess how are you like collecting customer insights? Right, in order to actually know how we can make our marketing more customer centric. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a few ways, and because you know, I'm an I'm an introvert, so like mm-hmm. I generally try to shy away from having to actually talk to people. But that is that's like the one thing I'll get to that in a second. But like, there is some I guess some more passive stuff you can do that's not actually talking to people. I mean, you can you can look at. Uh, if you have reviews, what reviews have people given you? Good ones, bad ones. Where do they, you know, where do you like? What are they liking? Where do they disliking? What features are they calling out? Are they calling out support uh, in your team? So then you know that that's like a big, big thing for them. You know, do they call out this, you know, this thing, the other thing? That's that's an area of insight. Um, of course, that's a small minority of people who actually leave reviews. So you can't just do just that. Um, you can look. You can look on. Um, you know, do some scraping on social media and see what people are, what people are in that space are are talking about. Um, you know, what problems are they encountering? Um, you know, the, the thing about the thing about like 
you know, Twitter and LinkedIn uh, is that everyone thinks they're the, uh, you know, every kind of positions themselves as the, the main protagonist in their story. So people share a lot of what they're going through and what they're looking for. Um, so that can be helpful as well. Uh, you just have to know how to kind of filter out, filter out all the uh, other, all the other stuff on social media and don't get caught, caught up in all that. But that's, you know, that's a way to do it, but it's really, it is talking to the customers or listening to, in our case, listening to recordings of, of calls between BDRs, SDRs, um, you know, actual sales reps and, and clients and what they're going through, whether that's demos, uh, what questions come up, um, and, and also getting insights from, you know, from our clients themselves. You know, these are people who have built their business and for us, particularly in who we work with, you know, they've had, they've had a good amount of success typically in referrals and word of mouth sales and really doing stuff well one-to-one and now they're trying to scale up. So that means that they, you know, that they, they go to events, they know people, they themselves use social media, hopefully, uh, to, to see what's going on in their space. So, um, talking to our clients and then talking to the clients of our clients, or at least listening into those conversations, um, is really how, how active we need to be in terms of trying to figure out, um, you know, figure out what people's problems are, what their struggling points are currently, what are they, what are they looking for? And not just like in a, I need something better, but to solve this one small problem, like what's the big shift that we can try and identify that set that's apart from, from everyone else. Yeah. Awesome. What, uh, what companies I guess are you, you following that are like super customer centric and that you're mm-hmm. just like impressed with how they do things or you pull lessons from how they're doing things. Yeah. I think, I think one that's in the, it's in the B2C space, but I'll go ahead and, and mention it because I think what they, they just have a very solid understanding of their customer is, uh, is Patagonia. I mean, mm-hmm. um, obviously not, a, not a space or an area that we, that we play in at all, but you have to look at and admire kind of what they, you know, a brand that's been around for quite a long time, but has really seen mainstream success and really in the last decade and has grown into this, you know, this giant company. And a lot of times when that happens, you know, large corporation mentality takes over and it's, you know, they, they do things to, to, um, you know, maximize profits and revenue and, and shareholder stuff and all that. But if you look at Patagonia, and I'm sure they're doing some of that too, but if you look at what Patagonia actually has like on their website, it's a lot of, um, what their audience likes and their audience think about people who are Patagonia. Yes. You have your Silicon Valley bros who have their, you know, their gray, uh, their, their gray vest. I, I have one, my wife got one for me. Uh, while back, it is great. But, um, but like, if you look at a lot of who their people, their audience is, it's people who love to be outdoors, be active outdoors. And that tends to align with people who are very, um, environmentally uh, conscious and, uh, live, live their lives or at least have those values. And so if you look at what they have on their website, they know, they have these, you know, this, tour thing that they do where you can or you can even send in like hey i've had this you know this this patagonia vest for a long time and the zipper came off and they'll you know you can send it in and they'll repair it or you can buy like used clothing that's been repaired and kind of refurbished and things like that um 
and, and they, they do a lot of other things that kind of align to those values. But it all, again, it all, that's not going to be every single one of their, every single one of their uh, customers really cares about that. Some of them just want to get, get something because it looks cool. But they do have this unmistakable quality about them that's like, we are providing sustainable clothing for people who like to be outdoors and we're doing what we can to, um, you know, keep the outdoors healthy, be an environmentally, environmentally social, so <laughs> environmentally conscious, uh, uh company, yeah. um, in, in what they do. And it, it kind of resounds in, in their website and their look and their feel. Yeah. It's a, so they're definitely mission focused, right. Mm-hmm. But it's pulling like the, the idea of community building and like the culture of people like us do things like this that Seth Godin writes about a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And then using that, knowing that like our, our customers, our ideal customers think this way. So we're going to keep doing, doing this and using that as like a, if you are like this, come to us. That's how how we are too. And let's be clear. Like there, there is, they're they're a company. They are in the business of making money. They know that that's a profitable thing for them, but it also is something that their audience cares about. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. And I think they do a good job of right. of that, despite how large they are. Of just like, hey, these are these are the values. Here's you know, here's our our way of being transparent about them. And you can buy our stuff if you want to, but we're going all in on people who yeah. typically fit this type of mold. So. Um, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you think of for, for brands or who comes to mind for you for, for brands that are really good about customer centric marketing? I mean, honestly, following, <clears throat> following the same approach, like L.O. Bean, just cause like, <laughs> I mean, another BNC, yeah. right? Patagonia, but no, I'm, I'm from Maine. They're L.O. Bean's like the actual office is maybe 30 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're, they own a majority of Freeport and like you walk in, but they like they take care of the community and they like do all these events for kids and like all this stuff that like, mm-hmm. I don't know, they're making a ton of money on, on all of this, but they're like very customer focused. And for a long time, it's like, you could return anything. If you bought it at any point, they you could just return it, get something new um, until mm-hmm. they, people started abusing it. We're like, so picture of slippers, obviously worn down, right? They're like, they had, they stopped selling them 10 years ago. And these had like mm-hmm. a foot imprint inside the slipper. And the guy said, oh, they're not comfortable anymore. And like try to return. It's like, come on, man, you just ruined it for the rest of us. Um, but great, great tactic. Same way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, like customer centricity in, in marketing. But I should have mm-hmm. uh, thought through answering that question for myself with some B2B I mean, brands. I mean, we have, we work with a couple of clients that are, I think are really good at themselves without, I mean, we help them maybe in, in helping to identify, but they continue. These are both clients that we've worked with for, for a while now. So it's not just like recency bias, but uh, I look at like a POS nation, um, mm-hmm. you know, that they know in the, in the, you know, the POS point of sale software space, like they have, they have talk about knowing who your audience is. They have, you know, so they, they sell POS systems to just, you know, they have general retail stores. Um, they do pretty much everything except for restaurants that can be kind of under a retail umbrella. So liquor stores, uh, hardware stores, uh, you know, smaller groceries, corner markets, 
uh, C stores, not gas stations, but but other convenience uh, style stores. And for each one of those niches that they operate in, they have a full like persona thing driven out of like who is who are these people? What are their concerns? What are their current what are their current mindsets and habits? Uh, so like one of them is like a it's an older guy. I think it I think it's their maybe it's their liquor store owner. You know, he's he's an older guy and he you know he doesn't really have a lot of lot of technology and technology is kind of you know intimidating to him. So if you try to message him with like our PO you know our POS system does like has all these AI generated uh, inventory reports like that's not going to be a good thing for him. He wants to know that you know he's not going to have to spend as much time doing inventory. Um, right. Oh, and, and it just so happens that that's because it's AI driven and stuff like that. But there's like you know a kind of a difference in there just because of the messaging and they have all these like very robust. I don't want to call them personas because I don't. I think most people get personas way wrong. Um, but you know for sake of calling it something else, they have these these characters. I'll call them uh, like really developed out like on a not just demographic level, but like psychographic, technographic, what kind of technology are they using? What are their mindsets and things like that? And um, they continually up, continue to update those just based on, you know, talking to their customers and what's going on. It's, it's, it's worked out very, uh, very well for them. Um, Yeah. I think, so I have an example. If we're going to, let's call that some more, more of our own clients, but connect bay. Um, that's that's the other one I had in my head. That's the other one I had in yeah. my head. Um, so, what? So, there for everyone listening, they're a payroll service provider uh, for small businesses, and so they work a lot with like CPAs and just different, you know, plumbers and and dentists and like all of these people that just need to run payroll and they need an easy way to provide it. Uh, but what's cool is that like localities are so different for something like payroll. Uh, where, you know, New York state taxes and regulations are going to be different than than Maine versus Iowa, right? Like for anywhere else. And so uh, they have all of their like reps are regionalized and are able to actually give them the most like up-to-date information for everything. So like now we're being super customer centric because when they jump on a phone call with sales, they're actually getting information specific to them. They're getting value on that first call. Uh, but we're able to take what the sales reps are actually getting for conversations or objections, and we create content around mm-hmm. that. So the customer centricity in the marketing is actually around your locality. It's stuff that actually matters to the individual, and they feel like they're actually getting value up front, not mm-hmm. just getting like sold into something. Um, and I think the customer centricity starts there, goes through the entire sales process, and then at the end, when they're actual customer, they're still getting all this value. Um, mm-hmm. because they're working with experts. So, I think, I think something that works well for both the, both of those, um, you know, those two examples, both POS nation and connect is that they are in industries. They are definitely the smaller players in their industries for sure. Uh, like your, your POS nation, like their some of their competitors are like square and Lightspeed and some of these mm-hmm. other, like very, very heavily, more right. stat like more established bigger names huger like much bigger marketing budgets uh connect pay it's it's like what there's like paycor yeah. and gusto adp like so i think it, even it's even more important when you are the the small fish in your pond but you clearly have a 
you need to have a clear differentiator. I want to just be just be clear about that. You need to have some sort of unfair advantage um, that you can be more nimble and and be more flexible in your marketing and having the insights like and actually speaking to um, you know the problems of a target customer, their struggling points, all of that, and knowing those things and speaking to them um, and giving them value in in every step of uh, their interactions with you, every every interaction you have with them, yeah. uh, whether that's on the website, with the sales rep, like that's that's how you like start to chip away at the Goliath in your in your market and and start to win some market share and ultimately you know grow into a uh, you know the company that you that you want when you set out. Yeah, which kind of leads into so one of the other questions I wanted to ask, uh, but I'm going to answer it before you get a chance to. Uh, cool. is how, how can companies use customer feedback and engagement to improve their marketing efforts? And I just wanted to like segue into this because one of the benefits of being a smaller player means that a lot of those bigger companies are going to have a lot more reviews and they're going to have a lot more customer, like third party reviews um, that you can go in and do review mining and see what do people care about? What are those five star reviews? What are people praising them for? Because now we can provide those services, right? We don't have to go figure it out for ourselves we can we have the benefit of going second here and we can jump and same thing for all those one-star reviews right mm-hmm. what are people what are these companies screwing up that we can come in and say all right we can do that better right now include that in our marketing say hey we know this matters to you and so this is how we address it right even if it doesn't seem like a big deal for everybody else it's like by just addressing it up front and saying we have a solution for this even if it's just a small piece of copy right could be mm-hmm. super valuable for that individual. Um, I guess so that what other ways do you think we can use feedback and customer engagement to just help, uh, help with becoming more customer centric? Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of times that I've looked at, uh, that I've looked at reviews for a competitor, uh, or for, or for the company that we're, that we're working, the client we're working with, and I've turned that into something on the page, whether using the exact quote for, um, you know, for, if it's a positive review for, for our client as kind of some, some social proof or kind of, you know, expounding on a, or elaborating on a point that we say or kind of helping to prove the claim that we are saying uh, is, is true. So like, Hey, this helps, you know, this piece of software helps you do a thing in much less time. And then a quote that actually has someone, a real person saying basically that same thing. That's a, that's a really big piece of it. Um, I, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of the feedback part when it comes to when it comes to reviews. In terms of engagement, um, I mean, that's that that kind of goes down into that kind of goes down into just measuring your measuring your efforts and making sure you are you have enough tracking set up so that you can guys can understand what is interesting people. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's something where it's like, hey, you know, we. We did. It's like you know, d- doing an A/B test on a page, or hey, on our homepage we have um, you know for a, a test that we're actually going to run with a, a another client coming up soon. It's like hey, we're going to do a, a B version of your homepage, and instead of just all the typical stuff that you find on a homepage, we're going to kind of put four um, four kind of bait uh, sections on the homepage around topics that we know are super important to. Uh, to potential to prospective customers to potential customers 
and they're all going to lead to uh, you know, a webinar or something actionable, something viable for them. But we're going to look, we're going to use tracking links on those links and just see what interests people the most. Is it going to be, you know, option one, option two, option three, option four? Um, and just see what, what keeps people, gets people going from there. You can smoke test ideas uh, as well. So like, hey, you know, I, I've, I have a gut feeling or we're seeing something that like this particular topic is big with people right now. Um, it's create a landing page and say, hey, you know, dropping 30 days from now, whatever that date is, is this guide on this thing or this webinar on this thing. Uh, get on the, you know, early bird list, register, find, you know, claim your spot, whatever. And if enough people sign up, okay, then you actually have to go make the thing. But at least, you know, like, hey, this is an engaging piece of content. People are find value in this. And again, it goes back to, you know, when we're talking about being customer centric, we want to avoid having stuff in our marketing and on our website that people don't care about and aren't willing to, um, aren't willing to engage with because engagement is kind of like a, it's kind of like a signal that's like, Hey, that's something that I might have a potential problem with that. Or that's something that we, um, maybe we're not having a problem with that, but that's something if it's a newer, if it's a newer topic, a newer technology that we're looking into implementing ourselves. And we kind of want to start dipping our toe in it. It's kind of like the, a bellwether for how people can, how you can get people into your, um, into your funnel. So, I mean, those are a few ways. I mean, obviously just measuring, you know, if you, if you run ads and you have a lot of, a lot of ad variations with different, uh, you know, different headlines or different bullets or something like that, obviously measuring those and what, what works best, but that's getting down to a pretty tactical level. Yeah. Um, all right. Question we like asking what common misconceptions do people have and what are, what are people getting wrong when it comes to customer centric marketing? I think the the biggest one. I'll be honest. I don't know that I've seen a lot of different ones. So I guess this is really the primary one that I see is that you know we we've talked about identifying your target audience's problems. It's knowing. It's understanding which of you know maybe there's maybe they have eight problems or ten problems. But what are the, and I'll say one to three, in capital that, that you should really be talking about that they care about yeah. the most. When in which of those are just a problem of a sub problem of another problem, you know which which ones it's like you, you know if you talk to a hundred different people you might have a pretty long list of all of the problems that they're encountering, um, which might go back to a fault in your your research method. Just say hey. What problems do you have in your day to day? That's like that's like way too broad of a question. So really honing in on what you know in your in your questioning or your surveys or whatever it is, um, trying to get to like the root problem uh, or struggle point or whatever it is. Because uh, trying you know trying to create a website where you're trying to solve ten different problems for your target audience, then you start to dilute your message and you're really kind of. Right. When people want to refer to you, it's like, oh, hey, they're a company that does this or solves this problem. And you, if you talk to a hundred different people who have been to your website, if you have messaging on there that's trying to solve eight, nine, ten problems, people don't know you as like the company that does this. And so that's yeah. that's where messaging kind of takes a hit. So that's kind of like the main. It's not saying you can't talk about them at all, but like you really got to hone in on really like the primary one two three at the most 
and even those you have to prioritize with what is the what is the biggest one the most painful one um mm-hmm. that your audience is your target audience your icp is is uh working with and trying to alleviate so i want to give one that sounds super obvious um but it's, it happens it's the like the me 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 marketing obviously mm-hmm. not customer centric when you say it out loud like a lot of companies don't realize like, Hey, someone isn't here to actually just learn more about your company. They're here to find a solution to their problem. And, uh, the amount of pages like companies that you see with like the about us page is like the very first page in the, in the navigation. And like all these other things, like we're not even talking about their problem. Like this isn't customer centric. This is me centric. And even on that about us page or the company page, right. Talk about how this relates to the individuals that you're trying to serve. Like tell your brand story in a way that shows like, Hey, we had this problem or I was having this problem. I found this solution. This is how I packaged it for you. And like show them mm-hmm. you know, what they're getting from this rather than just like, Hey, we're here to make money from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that, that's like a really, if we want to provide some, a, maybe a tactical takeaway for this particular, this particular episode, like an about us page, you know, this is not where we typically use it when we're doing a site, but it makes sense for a lot of people is the way that we structure like brand narratives in, um, and that do you want to, I think that might be viable for, you know, we're talking about, Hey, you know, make your about us page more about, about your audience yeah. how did they do that with our brand narrative structure maybe just me it might be worth a, a little bit of an overview of that actually so even better we have a full episode on it that i just recorded oh, nice um with kevin our founder and head of growth um i don't know what episode number it is right now but you can go back and, and just look for that one look at brand narrative and you'll find a full episode where we talk through everything you need to package inside that um to have something great but uh, nice. yeah, I think. Uh, what's, what's, man, the teaser, think what's, the te- what's the teaser for that? What's give give the people give the people a, a high level overview of it? Juicy, high level overview of Just of brand narrative structure. Yeah, um, you have to watch the full episode for all the details. But we'll go through like the hero's journey. We go through everything like that you're going through in the uh, to create like how uh, we follow Brunson's Epiphany Bridge uh formula in order to like craft this but it's like who's the villain right like who can we all unify against and then you're going to be the hero as the customer and but this is how we came to be your guide in this story um and we go through like all the details of of how you can craft that for yourself and the way we we often use it on websites is to create a video and just like actually talk through this doesn't even have to be a great video you can literally use your iphone right set up Record yourself talking because it makes everything feel more human. Um, and you can pitch that. And now people actually get to know you. And so when you give them this like paradigm shift of like, this is how we see the problem and uh, and how we kind of, sh- we've changed our way of thinking around it. And this is why you should too. And now they actually get, people get more bought into it because they see that you've already been through this journey for yourself and you're sharing these insights with them. And so now your brand story is actually a marketing approach, right? It's like, it helps you in multiple facets. Um, so yeah, just great. Watch the episode. It's, it's a good one. Matt, we got to wrap it. Uh, do you have any other, any other thoughts, insights? Any other closing advice? 
I set you up so you can't really ignore that question now. So, <laughs> yeah, no, you really, really kind of paying me into a corner there. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Look, if you're if you're really just kind of like getting started and trying to be trying to shift more to customer centric, you know, mode of marketing or just trying to work it more into what you're currently doing, you know, don't don't don't. I guess I would say don't start trying to go too big and like, okay, we're going to do it in the website and the emails and we're going to try and do this whole big launch of it. Like just, just start to work it in. But like, really, as I said, you really got to hone in on those, that, that core problem and maybe, you know, kind of the next two or next one or two most important problems. Like that's, that's the big, that's the biggest thing is honing in on those issues. And you don't always have to frame it as like in a negative sense of like, um, you know, doom and gloom and stuff. There's a lot of that in, in marketing right now of like, uh, Hey, we're going to make our point that we're a better, better solution because we're just going to throw out a whole lot of negative stats. Um, but just really, yeah, just really focus in on those one, you know, kind of one to three core struggling points. Uh, and then make sure that your messaging is solid around that check and double check and, and, um, uh, you know, you can never, you, I, I really don't think you can ever talk to too many customers listening to too many sales recordings yeah. just to understand, understand your target audience and what they're looking for, what, what worked for them. I guess one thing we haven't talked about, but it kind of goes into the research thing is customers who have used your solution, but then left you for someone else. Like mm. that's a gold mine for like, Hey, yeah. what, why? what went wrong? Yeah. Why, why did, why did that happen? You know, maybe something like, Hey, when we initially came on, we thought it was going to be this, but it ended up being this uh, instead. And that goes, that's something, that's a messaging, that's a messaging thing. Or maybe it's a, uh, well, it's either a messaging thing or it's a product thing. Uh, right. One of those is easier to fix than the other in most cases, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, just some focus on those, on those main core, core problems and just seeing how you can get those into uh, all the facets mm -hmm. of your, of your marketing. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, again, for every, for everyone listening, thank you for that. We appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you never miss an episode. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Try to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.